You're listening to the HUD Podcast, the official podcast for the Hudsonian newspaper at Hudson Valley Community College, an HVCC podcast for the students, by the students. Your news now. Get ready to enter the HUD. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to The HUD, the official podcast for the Hudsonian newspaper at Hudson Valley Community College. I'm Samantha Simmons, broadcast editor for the Hudsonian. This morning I have Kathleen Weeks with me. She's the outreach coordinator um, for the Wellness Center at Hudson Valley. Um, Good morning. Good morning. Um, So let's, let's start off. What is your job as outreach coordinator and um, licensed counselor? Sure. So primarily as a licensed mental health counselor, um, our duty on campus is to provide individual counseling to students. So this can be done um, with really a wide variety of different presenting concerns. I always tell students when we do different college forum presentations or if students even just to come up to us at a tabling event, there's really no topic that's off limits for us. Um, We all consider ourselves generalists in this office, which just means we don't have um, a limited capacity to handle different scenarios or we're not overly um, specific in our focus in terms of different theoretical orientations. So, um, you know, we've gone to graduate school um, and have different degrees and licensures and continuing education that we do in order to be able to best serve our students um, and any different concern that they may have. And we certainly do provide referrals when necessary. Um, There's certainly different programs that students might benefit from in the community. In addition to also coming to our counseling services, um, we are short-term brief counseling services. So, um, you know, students might see us once or twice in their time at Hudson Valley. They may see us the entire time that they're here, Um, but certainly we can refer um, and do refer to different outside resources when that's appropriate. So that's kind of the counselor piece of things. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, the other portion of my job as the outreach coordinator is really being able to think about different wellness related events for our students. Um, And obviously right now everything is virtual. So we really encourage students to look at the student announcements posts um, that you guys get, I believe every day. Mm -hmm. So uh, those have a bunch of different wellness related. And when I say wellness, I include mental health, physical health, um, emotional health, spiritual health, academic health, a whole bunch of different things. We're not just mental health focused. Um, So, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the outreach piece that I um, work on. So, of course, if any students have anything that they're, that they're interested in seeing on campus from our office, I always encourage students to reach out uh, to counseling at hvcc.edu um, with any suggestions. All right. Um, so is what your office provides, is that different than, like, therapy? Because I know it said, like, counseling. When I think of counseling, I think of therapy. Is it different? Is it similar? Yep, so it's similar, um, if not the same. Therapy and counseling can be used interchangeably. Um, So the reason that I mentioned we're short-term or brief counseling is that um, because students, you know, the nature of being at Hudson Valley, we typically have students that are here sometimes for just a year and sometimes just for two years. Um, And again, it doesn't mean that a student has to, once you engage in counseling, it doesn't, at least in our office, it doesn't mean that you have to, um, you know, come every single week and do it for the entire time that you're here. We really, our services, we make them very unique and individualized to each person that walks through our door, which is incredibly important, right? It's not a one size fits mm-hmm. all approach. So um, we do use, you know, like I said, counseling and therapy interchangeably. 
Um, so we do meet with students. We help them facilitate positive change. We help them process different things that they're experiencing. Um, and again, most of the students that we work with, or at least a good chunk of them, I would say, the, the topic of concerns that they discuss really aren't academic related at all. It might just be other things going on in their personal life or different struggles that they're experiencing. So I always like to make that clarification because sometimes students think it's more like guidance counseling that you might have had in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bit different from that. It's more along that, like you mentioned, Smith, that therapy um, mindset. Um, so it's really, again, we can talk about ac- academics, but a lot of it is just more personal, real life type stuff as well. Right, right. Um, do you guys have both men and women counselors? Because I know like some of my friends, um, they're like, oh, a lot of people like don't like seeing doctors of the opposite sex. So I would think that this translates over to talking about your personal life on like an intimate level like that. So do you have both men and women counselors? Uh, very, we're very lucky to be able to both have, uh, or to have both male and female counselors. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. good. And if students do have a preference, um, they can indicate that when they're calling to make an appointment, okay. um, which they can either do over the phone or like I said, the email that I mentioned earlier, counseling at hvcc.edu, they can also contact us that way to schedule an appointment. You have to schedule an appointment that necessary? Typically, so it, I would say... We prefer that, okay. um, and mm-hmm. certainly as we're virtual, um, we are kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. Of course, if someone is more um, in a crisis situation, we have crisis numbers on our website as well. Um, I would say, you know, because we're remote, that's the best avenue to take if you are in crisis, those different resources that are available on our website. Um, but we certainly have crisis services um, for students when we are on campus. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we do have students that just come by and they're having a really difficult time. Um, so we certainly, as we have counselors available, um, we do facilitate kind of in the moment counseling in, uh, from that respect, but primarily it is by appointment. Um, so our first one starts at 9 a.m. and our last one we schedule at 3 p.m. Okay. So, and our, our sessions last up to 45 minutes. And right now for the spring semester, um, and we're kind of checking in with the college um, and the administration for the summer and fall semesters, we don't have plans for that just yet or, or you know, what we're specifically doing. But for the spring, it is, um, we are offering telecounseling, which just means we can do sessions over the phone or we can do it like we are now, you know, via Zoom. Okay. Um, do you have like in-person sessions right now or no? We're not doing in-person sessions right now just for safety concerns um, and you know, there's a limited number of students that are taking classes in person anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, are actually finding that a lot of students are liking the telecounseling portion. Of course, we would love to be in person communicating with students because it's just, it feels maybe a little bit different or a little more, um, you know, just having that connection to a physical person mm-hmm. um, in as you're talking about things. But uh, it certainly adds a level of convenience as students don't have to come to campus maybe on a day that they wouldn't have already been here. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you have counseling right at your fingertips. Right. Um, so there is a benefit to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for, so when I was looking on the website, I saw you guys have like an academic waiver for students who just need like a little bit, not really a break, but, um, just a little bit more time to do something. Um, and it obviously can't be given to every student who wants an academic waiver. Um, so how do you guys go about assigning those to students? So the academic waiver is actually really, it's a one-time academic waiver. It's for students who experience some sort of unforeseen circumstance during a semester that causes them to not do well. So that could be something that impacts their GPA enough to 
cause them to not be in good academic standing or lose their financial aid eligibility. So what we do are we kind of work in tandem with financial aid and the registrar's office. Um, so our portion of the waiver uh, application process is really working with students to put their case together, um, which just means we encourage students to reach out to our office um, who are eligible for the academic waiver. And eligibility would be if students have in previous semesters earned a 2.0 GPA in each semester and completed at least 50% of their coursework. So if you were taking 12 credits, you had to have earned at least six of those 12 credits in previous semesters. And that does not include the semester in question. That's kind of the whole point of the waiver is something was kind of going on. Mm -hmm. um, we certainly have students where it's their first semester and they don't do well here. Um, so I always tell students when it's your first semester and say you lose your academic standing mm -hmm. um, or you're on you know, academic probation or different things like that, um, or you lose your financial aid eligibility, because it's your first semester, those requirements, not that they don't apply, but we don't have anything else to go off of because it was your first time at Hudson Valley. So I always like to point that out because some students get a little worried or confused if it's their first semester. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is, um, Samantha, as you may have seen on the website, there is a link to the application. It's simple, one page, um, just your basic biographical information at the top. And then it has a brief spot where you can describe um, what was kind of going on during the semester. So typically waiverable circumstances that we see is um, personal illness, and that's physical health or mental health. Um, so, you know, if you had mono for two weeks and couldn't attend class. Um, and again, even though we're virtual, that still applies, right? There's this mind-body relationship when we are sick and we don't feel good, we're not motivated to do a lot of different things or, or we're, you know, sometimes physically unable to do that. Mm -hmm. Certainly with the mental health side as well, you know, with depression, anxiety, and the whole host of different um, mental health related concerns, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, when I say mental health, I don't even necessarily just specifically mean students who have a diagnosable mental health disorder. Um, it could be there's just general life stress going on. Um, and it's helpful when students are seeing a counselor or talking to a doctor. Um, because we do, for the application, we do need documentation to help support the student's circumstances. So that personal illness is one of them. The next two are going to be if the student was a primary caregiver for someone, um, you know, that say their parent um, got really sick and they had to kind of take time away from school to care for them for that time being. Again, documentation would be just showing from a doctor that you were a primary caregiver and that um, kind of the situation has been resolved. Either that person got better or there's additional help um, to alleviate some time for you to attend to school. And then if there was um, a death in your immediate family, certainly um, just an obituary or um, a death certificate for documentation for that. Um, again, this is really for students who experience that, that kind of keyword is that unforeseen circumstance. Mm -hmm. um, and there's that documentation that we can help students kind of talk them through that process, what they really need. And then what we do is students will turn the waiver and documentation into our office. Um, and we just verify that they're eligible. We're able to look on their um, academic account and just kind of see what their grades have been like for this semester, their academic standing, things like that. Um, so we have a form that we fill out called the waiver inquiry record that students get a copy of. So we process their waiver and their documentation and we send it to the waiver committee that's located in the registrar's office. And they're the ones that make the decision. So our office, you know, if a student is sending it to me, I'm not the one saying yes or no, you're approved <laughs> or denied. Um, so we do send it on to the waiver committee located in the registrar's office. And they do meet about every other week or so, certainly much more often 
because we get closer to the beginning of the semester um, when waivers are due. So waivers are typically due by noon on the first day of classes of the semester that the student is looking to return. So, um, you know, students typically find out after grades have been submitted, um, it's usually about a week or two, I think. Um, I'm not entirely sure the specific timeline um, because it comes from financial aid, but a letter from the financial aid office or registrar's office that says, hey, you're not in good academic standing, you know, here's, here's an option for you. So if any student ever has any questions, um, they can always, again, contact our office. One of our counselors can talk to them, talk about their eligibility and really what we would be looking for and really help them fill out that application. So are your services something that students, like do they have to provide like any health insurance for that or is it just on campus, it's part of our tuition somewhere? Yeah, so our services are free to students, to all currently registered students. Um, there's certainly, as I mentioned before, when we do referrals, um, so if a student is, you know, getting ready to graduate um, and we either can connect them with their next four-year school's, um, you know, wellness department, it's called something different at every school, so we kind of help them navigate that. We can also help students, um, you know, again, find programs or clinicians in the community. So that's the only time we would then say, okay, let's take a look at your health insurance to help find a provider for you that's in your network um, to save students as much money as possible. Um, and we certainly have students that don't have health insurance mm -hmm. um, or maybe their health insurance is really expensive. So there are different services in the community that are more, um, they're called sliding scale fees, which just takes the student's income into account. So it allows the student to, you know, if a therapist charges $150, maybe their sliding scale fee says to the student, okay, you can, you know, we'll charge you $30 a session. Okay. Um, so they really kind of work with, with students in that sense. So we can help students along those lines as well. But in terms of meeting with us, um, everything is uh, free and covered by your healthcare fee. Oh, that's nice. I like I saw at some point somewhere in like my looking at a bill, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, that makes sense. I mean, they can't do everything for free. Like not everything's going to be free on campus, but it's nice that it's worked in and it's not, you know, an extra thousand dollar charge. I think it was only like a couple hundred or something. Um, I don't know what it would be like at other colleges, but it's nice to have access to that without, you know, paying way out of pocket for it. Um, yeah, and, and we are in the wellness center connected to the health office. Um, so really the, the ch bulk chunk of that fee um, mm -hmm. is for the health office, you know, um, for them to be able to do different tests for students and help mm -hmm. students who are sick and things like that. Um, so absolutely, you know, it is kind of rolled in. It is a nice benefit to have and that students don't have to, you know, pay each time mm -hmm. that they're coming here. Yeah. Um, I saw you have wellness resources, so you guys do like yoga, things like that. Like, are those virtual right now? Yes. So uh, again, with student announcements, they're going to be by Zoe O'Bray. Um, I believe it's it's either Tuesdays or Wednesdays this semester. Um, I think in the fall she might have done two days. I'm not sure if she's doing two days this semester. Um, but we do have you know different wellness resources that we have uh, been able to kind of switch to virtual. Um, similarly, we used to do different like presentations, have different um, screenings of TED Talks and things like that in our office. So um, what I do, again, as part of the outreach coordinator, each week in the student announcements, I have Monday's Minutes of Meditation. Um, we used to have meditation in person. So um, I use the Honest Guys channel on YouTube. They have a really, really wonderful, huge library of different um, meditations available. 
Some are really focused on sleep. A lot of them are focused on really a myriad of different um, concerns or issues, anxiety, confidence, self-esteem, love yourself, you know, different things like that. So each week I'm posting um, a new video, just talks a little, gives you a little bit of information about meditation itself um, in the description of the post. And then it has the, not only the link to the video, but you can also just view the meditation right on your screen. And then the library, um, Stephanie Ross in the library was able to help secure us um, a, an ebook on mindfulness. Um, and there's a link to that and it shows you the cover of the book as well. So that gets posted every Monday. And then every Wednesday we do Wednesday's words of wellness. And those are different topics just kind of related to our overall wellness. So last week um, I did communication. This week I, I believe it's emotions. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, um, but it is different every week. So sometimes I have links to different um, worksheets that students can kind of complete on their own. Um, there might be different links to different websites that are helpful. Uh, sometimes I have TED Talks mixed in there. So it is just a good resource kind of mixed in every week to learn different things about our overall wellness. And then something that we kind of started last semester um, and even over the summer last year um, was Friday Feels. Um, and that is every week I post a song that has some sort of maybe motivational or inspirational um, connection to it. I think music can be so incredibly powerful. I know that when I listen to music, whether it's on my way to work or my way home, it's a really great way for me to transition mindsets of, okay, I woke up, I'm home, and now I'm transitioning to work. Um, and as I'm kind of decompressing from the work day mm -hmm. or, you know, um, just kind of getting energized, you know, between that drive home. So I think music can have a huge effect on our moods. It can help us kind of change our mood. Sometimes music can allow us to just feel more connected, right? Sometimes we just can't verbalize how we're feeling, mm -hmm. um, but a song can just so eloquently describe what we're thinking and feeling. So I thought that was something that was kind of a fun and different way to engage in our wellness. Um, and I certainly encourage students who have any suggestions or ideas of different songs. Um, I do pre-screen them just for appropriateness. Um, you know, we really don't want a lot of swearing or, you know, inappropriate phrases in the song, um, you know, but certainly we'll find um, students or, or even staff and faculty sending us different songs that we kind of have a Again, similar to the Monday's Minutes of Meditation, there's a link to the song and also the just a, a music video of the song as well. It's kind of a, an upbeat way to end your week. Right. And then um, the last thing that we do in terms of the weekly, this is more of a monthly virtual resource, is Action for Happiness. Um, this is a resource I found last year that I thought was really fantastic. There, um, whole collective is really just about providing a space for people to engage more in a sense of happiness. Um, and they have to, 10 different keys to happiness. And I, I always link the websites that I use resources from. So um, the one for February is going to be posted this week. Um, and it just, what's nice is I always post a calendar. Action for Happiness comes out with a calendar. Um, like for last October, I think it was Optimistic October. And September was Self-Care September. So each day it has a little prompt for you to, you know, for example, September, engage in a sense of self-care. Um, and it's nice because a lot of them are really quick, easy things that we can do. And they're nice transitions to kind of saying, okay, what are quick ways that I can engage in wellness throughout my day, different ways that I can take care of myself? Um, because I know for a lot of students listening, you guys are busy, right? 
not only do you have school to focus on, which is like a full-time job, many of you maybe are working, you're working from home or you're, you know, taking classes from home, you have a life outside of school. So a lot of times I think when I have students in counseling and I say, you know, let's talk about different ways to kind of engage in self-care and take care of yourself. They're like, well, I don't have, you know, an hour every day. And that's totally understandable. So we want to figure out what are quick ways, what's five minutes here, two minutes there. Um, if you do have that half hour, what are different ways we can engage in that in different things that help our overall wellness? So I really like Action for Happiness for that, just because it helps students kind of have a guide for the month and different prompts, mm-hmm. and additional information that comes along with that. So that'll be posted um, for February. It'll be posted this first week of February here in a couple of days. Good, good. Um... So I know, so like that, you had the wellness resources, you're doing yoga, things like that, meeting in person. Um, you had a relaxation room I saw. I'm, I'm sure that that's not open for students right now since nobody's really on campus. Um, other than like looking at the links you post, you have any other um, alternative ideas or resources for students? Since we're not on campus, most of us are learning from home or at a library or somewhere where we can just get quiet time. Um, any ideas, just little things that could, you know, help? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things, um, and I think we're all kind of, even though we've been doing this for almost a year now, I think we're all still continually adjusting to, you know, say working from our bedrooms or working from you know, different, the dining room table, right, at home. So, you know, we're not all fortunate enough to have a separate office space at home. You know, I'm working from campus today, um, but certainly when I'm working remotely, there is that much more of a challenge because there's more distractions or we're in a place that we're a little more comfortable. So, you know, different things that that we're really seeing research-wise is really encouraging students to continue on with a routine that you would have typically had. Um, if you were in person. So getting up out of bed, making your bed, getting up, taking a shower, putting um, even just fresh clothes on or, you know, just different clothes that you would have wore to class, um, eating breakfast. I really encourage students to um, work on creating a sense of a routine or or a schedule for yourself. Um, That can be helpful if students are taking kind of remote classes so they have specific times that their courses are going to be meeting via Zoom. Um, but it can be a bit more challenging when you just have online classes and it's more up to you to be motivated to, you know, take that time to focus on class and go through things at your own pace. Mm -hmm. So the more I think students can kind of build a schedule for themselves, I like to use the term a flexible schedule because again, life happens. Um, and sometimes there's a disruption to our routine. So having that flexibility allows us to kind of shift things around throughout the day. Um, and I'm a big proponent of taking a break, um, So I think it's important for our eyes um, and just for us to kind of get up and move our bodies uh, because now we're so used to just kind of communicating, working straight through a computer screen. Um, So, you know, doing different things like I got some blue light glasses on Amazon over, you know, the winter break because I was like, you know what, I'm spending literally, you know, eight hours at work on a screen and then we've got our cell phones and TVs and computer screens at home. Um, so there's that much more that we're just kind of focusing on electronics. So doing different things like that, um, I know it's more so difficult to socialize. And I think a lot of last year, there was a lot more maybe Zoom hangouts or playing game nights or trivia nights via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, and we may have gotten away from that a little bit. So 
encourage people, especially as it's freezing out and hopefully the storm coming isn't too terrible, um, but definitely continuing to socialize, um, you know, as best as we can socially distant and um, electronically. And I think more so even now, just kind of reaching out to friends and kind of saying like, hey, how are you doing? How's life? What's new? Or, hey, I've just been thinking about you. Mm -hmm. Um, A simple text or a call like that can just make someone's day and make them continue to feel um, appreciated and seen and heard and different things along those lines. So, um, you know, I think, again, sticking to a routine as best as you can um, or creating a routine that works well for you, kind of recognizing, um, I think, it's funny because some students are like, oh, I'm a night owl, so I would just prefer to just do all of my work at night. And sometimes it's a little bit more feasible for students because everybody in their home has kind of gone to bed, Mm -hmm. so they have more quiet time. Um, And I would say kind of make it unique to you. Again, being cautious that you're not, you know, up all night doing homework or working until two or three in the morning because you're kind of not setting a super healthy sleep cycle for yourself. Um, So you still want to be able to kind of challenge yourself a little bit. and find that balance with what works best for you. So, um, and certainly we can help students kind of create that as well if, if they need to. Um, and the Center for Academic Engagement is also really great in assisting with um, time management and kind of planning out, you know, how do we how do we look at our schedule? How do we kind of manage our days um, with that? We work closely with that office as well. So I would say those different things, taking those breaks and certainly engaging in different self-care activities um, and again, those are going to be really specific and unique to each person that could be spending time reading. It could be doing some yoga. It could be if you love to walk, walking to the mailbox and back when it's 15 degrees out um, or doing laps around the house or just doing different things to get your body moving um, because stimulating our body and our muscles can really be beneficial for stimulating our mind and helping us to focus. Um, and it's important, you know, of course, all of those things, sleep health, you know, making sure we're getting a good night's sleep eating well, all of those different types of things are really important as well. Yeah, Um, I agree. Making a routine was probably like one of the hardest things being home. I I would just roll out of bed and be like, okay, I'm in class now. Like I probably should have left the house an hour ago if I was going to be at school. But here I am. I just rolled out of bed a minute ago, and I'm now I'm logging on to Zoom. So that was probably one of the the most important things that I started to do um, to work in to try to keep you know life somewhat normal you know like yeah going back to campus eventually is going to be so weird I think like I don't wear jeans anymore I wear sweatpants all day so it's going to be like (laughs) more uncomfortable just because now I'm wearing clothes that aren't like super comfortable and then I'm seeing people and it's going to be just like you know weird and I think that's something that students have to keep in mind too just as we're continuing to adjust to being at home and as much as we're eager to get back to that sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak, um, it is, it's still going to be an adjustment back to kind of that, what that's going to look like, that regular routine. And I think that's going to be something that's going to continue to evolve, kind of working our way back to normalcy and things like that. But, um, you know, I do think the more we can keep, as best as we can, like you mentioned, Samantha, that sense of normalcy by keeping that routine, it's going to make that transition a little bit easier for us. Mm-hmm. Um so I, to- I totally get what you're saying. And certainly, like, when I'm working remotely, I'm like, I could do the laundry, I could do dishes, I could right. do these different things. Um, so it is certainly so easy to get distracted or to have different things that you're like, I don't feel like doing work right now. I want to go, you know, watch the new series on Netflix or, you know, do different things like that. 
So it really is working on kind of providing a distraction-free zone for us. Um, and I, you know, I'm a big proponent of having visual cues. So different motivational quotes or different things that kind of say, okay, I'm not doing homework in my bed. I'm kind of sitting, I have a little table uh, TV tray if I need to, and, and I'm doing it with a chair, you know, sitting in a chair rather, um, if you don't have a desk. So finding different things that just kind of, yes, it is more uncomfortable to do work, um, you know, when you're laying down and, and different things like that, but it can be helpful just for that um, environmental cue of, hey, this is time to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I certainly agree with you there. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything that I didn't mention about what you guys do, anything you want to say? You're free to say anything, you know, any ideas you have. So I certainly, you know, again, just encourage students, especially as our our baseline of stress and anxiety is certainly more heightened in this last year. Um, it is easier for us to feel overwhelmed or to feel like, you know, how do I keep up with these online classes and these remote classes on top of, again, the stressors that are going on in life. At this point, I think a lot of us know someone who, has either um, been exposed to COVID or has had COVID and and just the stress that comes along with that um, or the stress of not being able to see certain family or friends um, or, you know, not being able to engage in different hobbies that we're accustomed to, um, you know, those different social activities. So there's so many different things that are in place that we're trying to do to keep ourselves safe and healthy and really kind of move past this and, and work towards back towards that sense of normalcy. Um, but I think it's even more imperative that we do different things to take care of ourselves. Um, and again, it's not something where I'm trying to preach, you know, spend two hours a day meditating and different things like that. We need to be realistic about it um, and say, maybe it is the car ride home, you know, for if you're coming to campus, the car ride home to listen to music or to call a friend and check in, um, kind of using our time as best as we can um, and then taking some time for ourselves. So what are different things that you're interested in different things that you can do alone, just spending some time with yourself, doing those kind of personal check-ins saying, how am I actually feeling, right? I think we're so used to people saying like, hey, how's it going? You're like, good, how are you? And and we don't actually think about it. Um, Not that we would necessarily say, you know, I'm having a really crappy day. And this, you know, person walking by is like, oh, I wasn't prepared, you know, for you to respond Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, But I think we can use it as a good example to kind of say, hey, what's going on with me? Am I feeling okay? Do I need to take some time to myself? Um, I I tend to use this analogy with students a lot. Um, I had a client who had said, you know, the way that I can tell if something is going on for me is if my dining room table starts to get piled up with stuff. That's a really good indication for me that I'm just stressed and I'm busy because I'm just tossing stuff on there. Um, And even just physically cleaning it off allows me to de-stress and it kind of is a a representation of cleaning up some of my mental space um, and checking in with myself. So I tell students sometimes it can be really helpful. Maybe it's the top of your dresser or um, if you just feel like my mind is going a million miles a minute and I feel like I can't remember anything or I'm forgetting a lot of stuff, it's a good time to just kind of slow things down and, and check in about those different things. And again, I would encourage students to continue to check in those student announcements for different virtual posts that we have. Um, I know we have a couple of presentations about Mental Health 101 coming up um, and then suicide prevention as well. Um, So there's a lot of good information for those types of presentations. Those will be through Zoom um, and as they get posted in the student announcements, they'll have links to register for those things as well. Um, And again, if you ever have a question, feel free to just call our office or shoot us an email. 
I'm happy to tell students like, yes, it's absolutely, you know, again, as I mentioned before, there's no really off limits topic for us to talk about with students. Um, and we have individual counseling, like I mentioned, that's 45 minutes. And we have what we call consultation sessions, which sometimes students just need to like a quick 15 to half hour check-in. Um, and they might need that once or twice. And like, okay, I just needed, just needed someone to talk to in that moment. Um, so we can certainly do that as well. So we really have a lot of options for students. Um, and again, we can certainly get them connected with um, different agencies and, and clinicians in the community if you need to as well. So we wish all of you guys the best semester and wish you well. And again, if you're feeling like you just need to talk to someone about anything, feel free to call us or reach out. Thank you. Yeah, that's, you know, I think it's important for kids to know what they have. Not even just kids, because obviously Hudson Valley is not just, you know, young teenagers that are um, just fresh out of high school. I know a lot of my classes, I have a lot of um, older people in it. So um, I think it's important for everyone to know what resources they have. So thank you for joining me this morning. Yes, thank you so much for giving us a platform to talk about our office and we really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. To read more about the following stories, make sure to head over to thehudsonian.org for the latest on-campus news from the Hudsonian, and make sure to listen to new episodes of The HUD every Monday.